Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, friend, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw. This is Matt Chat. That's right, it's Sunday. That means that we throw all of our questions out. To the Friendoverse, the patrons at $20 and up. That's right, at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $20 a month. You can participate in Matt Chat. You can get your video question read right here on the show. want to say thanks to all the patrons out there for supporting Going In Raw. Thank you. It's because of you that we get to do this because for a you. living. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It because is. Because of you, I get to leave here in about a week. One week from today. And whenever I ask Alabama, Alabama, what are we going to do on the plane? The plane's going to crash. That's what she says. Plane's gonna crash. That's horrifying. So if I if the plane crashes and I die, you gotta find a new coast. No, man. I gotta, I'll just do the solo. Just really? Yeah, man. It was such a delight when I did it on on Monday. It's not. It's, it's tough. It's terrible. It's tough. Yeah, and I like tough. Matt Chat even more because we get to do even less of the work. Yeah. More people chip in. Yes. For the work, and they pay us to do it. I know. It's it's, it's a great system. It's mind boggling. Anyways, let's go ahead and take a look at the first Matt Chatter. It's Christopher Rappersod. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, why is WWE lazy to build matches to pay-per-views? That means why are they lazy to put on the same matches that we just saw a few weeks ago or a few months ago? Like Seth versus Baron. Or like an opponent, like Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Like, did you really need to bring Alexa Bliss to smack down the face her? There's like a million other people on SmackDown who are not doing nothing. Why do you feel like Stomping Gone is a lazy pay-per-view going in? Thank you, Christopher. Thank um, you, Christopher. Before you answer, a uh, quick reminder, we'll be doing a uh, reaction live stream. Today. Today, starting about, uh, I don't think they've announced anything, what match will be on the pre-show, kickoff show. No, they haven't. So but we're, we're going to be there for it. We'll say 3 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Sunday, this Sunday, Stomping Ground. I know everybody's super excited for it. Anyways, sorry. Continue. Yeah, speaking of Stomping Ground, Larson, why is the uh, the WWE has been lazy with the booking for it? Uh, I, I'll go first, but I mean, you, you put your answer down first. Uh, I'll let you expand on that. Specifically, I'm going to say generally, broadly speaking, I think there's some level of freaking out over October. Uh, SmackDown on Fox is going to be debuting, and... As we've seen, they've sort of dug themselves into a weird hole due to the lack of advanced planning and foresight. It's surprising to me that during negotiations to get SmackDown on a different network, there was no talk, apparently, about uh, roster, creative, how that's going to work. We saw this past week uh, 1.85 million viewers for SmackDown. Uh, is that, I don't know, where, is there an indication historically, uh, context, how low that is? Second lowest of the year. Second lowest of the year. Uh, and this year has kind of hit record lows, non-holiday lows. Yeah. And so ratings are nowhere near where Fox is going to want them. Obviously, Fox is on a network. They're going to have a ton of advertising. But SmackDown right now, it feels way too tied to Raw. And that, that thanks in part to the wild card rule, which you're going to get into. But I kind of think that overall, the wild card rule and everything in general just has to do with, man, we've got this huge TV deal 
coming up that's going to start in about five or six months. And uh, we really need to figure something out for that. Less than that. We're at six, four months away. Yeah, less than four months. Yeah, four months away. Less October than four 4th. months. And, uh, and that's why I think that, I mean, does it have to do specifically with stomping grounds? I think they're just, they're trying stuff. They're trying stuff that is that sh- that th- in theory would address the problems that that Fox has with how SmackDown is, and uh, they're just it's going the wrong way. They're doing like they're making it worse. So that's that's how I feel. Go ahead. Uh, WWE has been creatively bankrupt for what about a year at least. Um, yeah. The feuds tend to last longer than they should. And part of that is because you could argue there's too many pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a monthly pay-per-view and you have a storyline that you want to run for three months, typically pay-per-views would serve as either some sort of pivot point for the storyline or a blow-off. And far too often we have these pay-per-view matches which happen and really have no bearing on the larger story being told. Yeah. Um, that happens far too often, especially at B-level pay-per-views like Stomping Ground. So you look at the card for Stomping Ground, you realize, oh, why are there all these rematches? That's why. Because they're like, well, we don't know how else to continue the story in an interesting fashion. So we'll just have a rematch. We'll have an ending that leaves it a little bit open somewhat to continue the feud and have a blow-off at one of the major shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately, wild card rule has been a major problem. Uh, we get the same four or five stories dominating both shows. So none of the, 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 the non-main event storylines were really given a lot of TV time to develop. Um, and then the time they do dedicate to, for example, to Shea McMahon, a lot of it's just spinning wheels. Yeah. How many times has he dropped virtually the same promo on both Raw and SmackDown? Yeah. Um, it happens way too often. And now they're treating SmackDown essentially as a Raw recap show where a good chunk of the show is dominated by either recaps that just happened on Raw or promos almost word for word the same exact they were on Raw. Mm. And it's almost like they don't understand that, by and large, uh, wrestling fans watch wrestling. So if you watch Raw, odds are you're gonna, there's like 85% chance you will watch SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need all those recap packages. You don't need them. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they seem to proliferate far more now than they were six months ago. How many times lately has someone been in the middle of promos like, here, watch this piece of video? Yeah, I know. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It was like two weeks ago, the opening uh, segment between Dolph and Kofi. There was like three breaks in it to throw the video package yeah. packages. And it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Completely unnecessary. It, gets, it has to get to the point where you have to trust that your audience watches your programming. And... and I mean, it's not like the stories are so complex that there's like a, a, a massive point of entry, you know? Right. There's not a steep learning curve you have to, uh, 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 you know, teach yourself in order to get caught up on where things are creatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, by and large, you don't have to watch the televised product. Just watch the pay-per-views and you get all the major story beats with the video uh, recaps they do before those matches. Yeah. Because the stories are not complex. Nope. Um, it's, 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 it's a litany of issues and a lot of them are, are longstanding. But right now, like the wild car rule is just grinding things creatively to a near standstill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think just because they don't, I guess they just assume that if you watch Raw, you don't watch SmackDown and vice versa. It's that's such a silly that's such a silly thing to to think. Like they've they've always they've always had this weird idea that like there was a brand loyalty. I, I, it's it's bizarre to me because I don't think they believe it. I don't think like their business arm believes it. But creatively, sometimes they'll go to these places that they assume the audience is split between brands. And that's the most asinine thing I've yeah. ever heard. It's yeah. like, no, we like WWE for WWE. There's people yeah. on Raw that I like. There's people on SmackDown I like. 
So I don't know. It's all very silly. And here's another thing too. Like if you don't stuff SmackDown full of raw recaps and say people haven't watched for a while, they'd say, oh, wrestling. It's Tuesday night. I'll watch SmackDown. And you don't give them the recaps and people are kind of curious about what's going on. They'll go back and watch it. They might go back or guess what? They might watch next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. I don't remember. I mean, I could be, I, I have no idea. I don't remember when SmackDown started, if they were before the, their, the first brand split, if there were like that many recap packages. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they were, and just it was so damn entertaining that it was like, oh, cool, I'll watch this again. The amount of recap packages in the last few months has gone through the roof. It's been off the charts. It's too much. It's yeah. too much. It's too much. Too much. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, speaking of too much, Guillaume Halili wants to know what would be too much of a particular thing. Let's see what he has to say. Hey friendos, this is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Gion Halili, back with another Matt Chat question for the week. Um, this week's simple. What would be worse? Shane McMahon beating Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship or Roman Reigns beating Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship? Like which one would have the worst reaction? I don't know. You guys pick Steve, you've got Shane. Larson, you've got Roman. Let me know what you think. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks, by the way, for what you guys do, the recaps and everything. I haven't watched wrestling, well, at least WWE, since Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, Gion. What would be too much worse? <laughs> Roman too much worse, yeah. beating Kofi or Shane beating Kofi. Oh, I got to start. You get to start this one. Um, oh, that's, there's, this is an easy one. Go is, ahead. It this is, is easy. an easy one because if... Uh, Your answer is right. If if Shane were to be the one to beat Kofi, at least you have a heel beating your face champ, and you know that Shane winning is a short-term thing. He's transitional <clears throat> champion at best. As much as it would be lame in the moment, you know there's going to be a path out of there. Roman winning or Roman beating Kofi right now would 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 be awful for Roman. It would kill two people. It'd kill Kofi and it would kill Roman. And it, it, like Roman right now is at this point where I think the company wants him or a majority of the crowd is finally coming around to support is back, to supporting him, backing yeah. him, cheering for him. Um and then you got Kofi who's basically universally beloved. Mm-hmm. And you're right, if if Roman were to be the one say at SummerSlam to beat Kofi, uh the crowd would dump all over it. Uh it, it would just yeah it, it would both of them would suffer because of it it would it would solidify Kofi as a transitional champion for Roman it would and then and it put Roman right back to where he was before he had to take his leave you know it'd be crazy if they had Kofi beat Roman clean at SummerSlam that would do wonders for both people mm-hmm. because here's the thing most wrestling fans at this point also I think I think I mean the diehards anyways they sort of view Roman as the guy who goes along with whatever Vince wants and what Vince wants is Roman to be the top guy yeah but. If they did a thing where Roman lost to Kofi clean in that in the middle of that ring, there would be so much appreciation for Roman. And mm-hmm. it's odd. It's silly. But there would be so much appreciation for Roman. It's not like he has any control about that stuff. No. There would be so much appreciation for him and 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 appreciation for the company yeah. that they would do something like that. Yeah. That it would heap tons of positivity on both those. That's guys. the one thing Vince never figured out with Roman is is you can't just say oh he's my top guy so he's gonna win everything. Mm-hmm, yeah, he's got to face struggle. Yeah, exactly. he's got to face adversity. He's got to yeah. overcome yeah. said adversity. Um, and basically the whole time he was pushed from uh, the lead up to WrestleMania 31 till uh, he took his his leave, that was Vince's mindset, and that was one of the reasons why a lot of the fans rejected him. Yeah. It's because, oh, we know he, Lowell Reigns wins, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. We know he's going to win. It sucks the drama out of everything. Um, we're tired of having Roman shoved upon us. 
when we haven't embraced them yet. Have them overcome. Now, I don't know. Then fans the, may embrace them. My, my argument for Shane being worse would be I'm not sure if Roman won, especially like at SummerSlam, which is a big deal. If Roman won at SummerSlam versus Shane winning, Shane winning might actually cause people to turn that damn channel. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, Roman would be like, oh, Roman. People might be so upset with the Shane winning thing that they might be like, well, screw this. Yeah. It, it's, Shane is essentially the Baron Corbin of, of like a Baron Corbin point 2.0, you yeah. know? It's like people like him in a certain role that isn't too heavy. Featured isn't that role. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, spotlight isn't the role. No. And so if he were to win that, it's like, dude, come on, that's just way too much and they've changed the channel. Yeah, I think short term, immediate Shane might Shane would be worse. Be worse. Yeah. Long term, it'd be Roman. It'd be Roman. It'd be like it'd just be grown. It'd be like oh, really? and it would set Roman back to where he was a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pre leukemia thing. Mm-hmm. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, next up, we've got Dakota Miley back with another Matt Chat question. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Steven Larson is Dakota Miley back with another Matt Chat question. My Matt Chat question this week, who's going to be the person to dethrone Velveteen Dream as the North American champion? I personally love his work, love what he's doing with the title. Him and Tyler Breeze killed it at TakeOver 25, and he's probably my favorite wrestler in WWE right about now. Question is, who's going to dethrone him? You know, there's a few ideas. I'm not going into spoilers of NXT tapings, but 
Yeah, you got a few ideas there. I'm just curious what you guys think. Thanks, friendos. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. See you next time. Thank you, Dakota. Thank you, Dakota. Uh, I go first. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm holding to this man. Undisputed Air have been talking about this endlessly. Being draped in gold. Roderick Strong will be the, even if it's going to be like for one brief, even TV set of tapings, maybe he'll lose it or maybe somebody else will lose whatever they have. But for one, for at least an episode of NXT TV, we will see every uh, member of Undisputed Era carrying gold all together. They will be draped in gold. I think that necessitates Roderick Strong beating Velveteen Dream for the North American title. Uh, and it also necessitates Bobby Fish and uh, the other guy, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, Redragon. Beating, beating uh, Street Profits, which I think is actually a, a bigger stretch than uh, them beating Street Profits because they're supremely over right now. Yeah, they are. I think that's a bigger stretch than Roderick Strong beating Velveteen Dream, to be honest with you. But uh, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's Roderick Strong. Punishment Martinez. Punishment Martinez. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's ways off. Yeah, I think Velveteen Dream have that belt for a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, they like and, him a lot. Yeah, they do. And uh, uh, Punishment. He's got a new name. Donut Martinez. He, he seems, yeah. Donut Priest. <laughs> donut Priest is a good Damien name. Donut. Damien Donut. Um, they seem to like him. He's got his own vignettes running right now where he's like. Party boy. Party boy, maybe vampire. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. uh, uh, so they have high hopes for him. Mm -hmm. He's pretty good in the ring. Um, so yeah, I could see him entering and maybe winning that new, uh, North American title scene. Maybe. What about Bask in his glory? Oddly, they've not really done much with Keith Lee. I know, right? That's kind of weird. Like he's like he had that story maybe going with Dijak. He got hurt, and or there was creative changes first. That was all weird. And then Dijak got hurt. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing with Keith Lee. Yeah. You were going to say uh, Punishment. You said oh, maybe, maybe something. Survivor Series. Maybe Survivor Series. Okay. Cool. So five more months, four and a half right. more months. All right. Damien Priest, <laughs> I want my title. And a donut. Speaking of donuts, Wayne Maker has a question. Oh, gosh. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Wankers. Wayne Maker here. And I'm back with another Matt Chat question as it's been far too long. And my question this week is a little family orientated thing. Now, on the last overrun, we was talking about families, as you do, and I want you to nominate who you would like to be your WWE family. You are the child, you have to nominate two parents, two siblings, random uncle, crazy uncle, and a grandparent. But I don't want any John Cena's, Undertaker's, Vince, any of that. I just want you to use the characters that are on screen most of the time. So, too sweet. Hearty handshake, shoulder lane. Bye-bye. Thank you, Wayne Maker. Wayne Maker. All right, this will be my, my WWE family, my dad. Let's hear it. Big E. Oh, it's a great dad. Yeah. Endlessly entertaining. Can be stern when he needs to be, though. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you'd just... Hate, you'd hate to disappoint him as your dad. Exactly. Otherwise, warm, funny. Yeah. Uh, mom, Dana Brooke. Okay. I can see her taking mom tones. She kind of sounds like a mom. Yeah. You know. Why... Why you snuck out last night? Why haven't you cleaned your room Fine, yet? Yeah, that's good. That's good. We got meatloaf coming, but you don't get any till you clean your room. I don't even like meatloaf. <laughs> mom, 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 Dana Brooke. Uh, my sister. Don't be sour. <laughs> I, know. I know. My sister would be Ruby Riot. 
She'd be the older sister to, to say, here, you should listen to this music. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my brothers would be the Singh brothers. <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> my crazy uncle would be Barry Corbin. <laughs> hey, 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 son. Hey, I mean, hey, nephew. Do you want to see my human skulls? <laughs> you like the, the uncle that comes over and tries to do a magic trick where he pulls the quarter from behind your ear. Usually the relative gives you that quarter. Yeah, right. Instead, he puts it in his own pocket. <laughs> um, and then my uh, grandfather would be our truth Oh, that's good. Your grandfather? Yeah. He's super old? Well, no, just because he seemed like a funny dude. <laughs> oh, I forgot we needed a grandfather. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here we go. I got this. I've got the Canellis' mom and dad. All right. They're fucking rich right now. They just signed a new contract. They are swimming in money. And so me as their child, plus they take, they have the cutest little baby. It looks exactly like uh, mom. It looks exactly like Maria Canellis. Mm-hmm. I follow her on instant, instant media, Instagram. <laughs> instant media. <laughs> so the Canellises are my rich mom and dad. All right. Uh, my uncle is, of course, Uncle Joe. I actually have an Uncle Joe, so it fits perfectly. He's All not right. really my uncle. He's my dad's Vietnam buddy. Yeah. Um, and so, but Samoa Joe would be my uncle. All right. Uh, my crazy uncle would be Uncle Drew. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He's a Scottish psychopath, yeah. my crazy uncle. Yeah. He'd be like, ooh. Come into my shed and see some pictures of oh, dead people. <laughs> what? Man, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'd also have a, a crazy aunt, Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. You want to play? No. Uh, and then uh, my uh, sister would be Bailey. Mm-hmm. She comes off as, you know, uh, but then she's getting kind of older now, so she's like, you ain't shit. She used yeah. to just hug me all the time. She loved her little brother. Now she's like, you ain't shit. Yeah. And then finally, my brothers would be the good brothers. It'd be too sweet all day long. They'd take care of me. I'd have to live up to their athletic prowess yeah. that they established records in middle school and high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd come to all my games, and they'd be the cool older brothers, and they'd get me beer. Okay. So there you go. Cool. Good family. Good answers. Good answers. Next, debuting Matt Chatter, Free Chan 64. Maybe my new favorite Matt Chatter right here, to be honest with you. Free Chan 64, he's the best. Let's see him. Hey, Stephen Larson. First time Matt Chatter here, Free Chan 64. Um, quick context, I'll try to keep my questions short, but I have aspirations to become a pro wrestler. And uh, I also, I live in Japan and I teach English here. I uh, recently was given the opportunity to start training to become a professional wrestler. Um, and it got me thinking, if you could be, if you can have one training session with any Japanese pro wrestler, who would it be and why? I think for me, it would probably be Asuka because she's really cute. So yeah, there, there's that question. Who would you train with and why? I gotta go now, gotta go teach Japanese kids English. Thank you, FreeChan64. Thank you, FreeChan64. Those little kids are in for a treat. Uh, uh, you go first. I'm gonna say, well, okay, so I like your answer, but I'm gonna go with this. He already runs the LA Dojo. Uh, Shibata, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've just, I would be, if he's like, okay, now we're going to learn about doing headbutts. I would say, no, you just call him. <laughs> oh, 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 I can't do that. I have a permissional silt for my mom. Uh, who did I say my mom was Maria? Oh, Maria Canellis. It says I can't do headbutts, but beyond that, I think that he's already out there training. Um, I think the, uh, the LA young lions are a team that are going to be debuting, at in Dallas, maybe I think I that forget sounds right. where I think that sounds um, right. And so I'm very interested to see 
uh, where they uh, like how far along they've come under the guidance of Shibata. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's my answer. Uh, if I'm answering seriously, if I want to be a real wrestler, um, I might say. Uh, Yuji Nagata. Uh, mm. Apparently on Wikipedia, he helped train Kazuchika Okada. Oh, snap. Okada's, I think Ultimo Dragon was uh, Okada's primary trainer. Oh, wow. One of his trainers. Uh, but it says here that Nagata was one of his trainers as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that dude has a wealth of experience. Yeah. Been all over the world and uh, had a hand in maybe training the greatest wrestler in the world today. Of course, that's Okada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, I'd probably go with Minoru Suzuki. Granted. As a young trainee, I'd probably be kicked in the face several times. Yeah, sure. However, it builds character. I kind of feel like that's regardless of who you're getting as a trainer. You, you don't have a good teacher if they're not kicking your face. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would go with uh, Minoru Suzuki, uh, greatest combat sports athlete of all time, teaching me the ways of not only professional wrestling, but mixed martial arts. And how to fight monsters. Yes, and how to monsters. pile drive monsters. Yeah, exactly. And robots. And robots. Let us not forget the robot he vanquished. Robots, yeah. So those, yeah, those. He'd two. also be a good fashion teacher. He would. But then Shibata seems like he's got his his mm-hmm. hand on the, his finger on the pulse of mm-hmm. good fashion too. Mm-hmm. So all good answers. And go to the coffee shop uh, after training with Minoru. Have a cup of. He's not having a cup of coffee with you. You're just a trainee. What the heck? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm his favorite. Hmm. What if I'm buying? I don't think he'd like you. Yeah, maybe if you're buying. Well, you don't, you don't think Minoru Suzuki and I could get along? We're both grumpy. I don't think that's a good fit. I don't think he's that grumpy. I don't think he's yeah, grumpy no, at all. He seems like a very pleasant person. Yeah, I know. Well, I can be pleasant sometimes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe. Fine, yes. Okay, thank I'm you. About to, I'm about to board a plane, so what do I care? Yeah, you sure. don't care. Sure. Yes, Larson, you and Minoru Suzuki will be best friends. <laughs> Plane's going to crash. Anyway. He'll be my new co-host. There you go. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, next up, Stephen M. Let's see what he has to say. What's going on, guys? We just know NXT does stuff better than main roster. So main roster has a couple of gimmick pay-per-views each year, and well, NXT now has war games, which they perfected. So what gimmick matches would you like to see NXT do? Because they do better. Like, And even maybe 205 Live, like a ladder match. Like Personally, I think there should be a ladder match on WrestleMania each year. So um, who should be the first few to go in NXT to go hell and sell? And book a elimination chamber and just random gimmick pay per views that you'd like to see in NXT. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. All right, what other gimmick matches should NXT oh, I go first. do? You go first. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Where's the poster we have for that? We have that poster somewhere. We have a poster for that? Yeah. The Vader one? Yeah, Vader and uh, uh, Cactus Jack. We had a poster for that. It's around somewhere. It's somewhere over there, I think. Yeah. That'd be it. And, and while that's not exactly a gimmick, ma- gimmick match, yeah. it's a wheel that has several different types of gimmick matches on there. Unpredictable. Yes. That's and good. one of them I'd probably put on there is your answer, which I won't, I'll let you reveal. Uh, but there's a whole litany of like old school, really bad WCW gimmick matches like oh, World yeah. War III, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Scaffold match, yeah. all those kind of matches. Put them on a wheel, have people spin it, make the deal, uh, add a, a lot of unpredictability mm-hmm. to the proceedings in NXT. Yeah. I think it'd be stellar. I think that's great. I'm going to go with this Chamber of Horrors electric chair match. Yeah, that should be on the of wheel. Of course, Abdullah the Butcher was, I guess, the loser of that match. He did. He was electrocuted, I believe. Because he ended up in the chair yeah. and electrocuted, which is so dark. That was like the most grim shit ever. Mm-hmm. You can watch that like on the network. It's horribly grim. 
so yeah, I would do that. I think they could be that could be pretty interesting. You know, like somebody like hit clotheslines Keith Lee, and he's like, it's like shoot it up, but I am limitless. Bask in his glory. <laughs> That'd be very dramatic. It would be, especially if like Damian Priest pulled the lever. <laughs> oh man, oh. Party boy, vampire, yeah. <laughs> executioner. <laughs> executioner. Oh, man. 50,000 volts going through you, Keith Lee. Oh, Baskin his glory. Baskin his glory. Man. Uh, next from the Raptor. It's I, the Raptor, with another Batchat question. And today, let us discuss the Fighter Fest announcement about the tag team tournament announcement that involves. A first round bye for the team that advances to all out. You see, I'm getting confused myself. So, fellas, is this how it's always going to be? Is AEW just going to try to be a sport? And when they're trying to be a sport, they're going to confuse us. Good day. Thank you, the Raptor. So, explain to the people who might not know. This so, a few days back, um, I believe it was Fight TV, maybe, yeah. put out a graphic that uh, advertised a match for Fighter Fest. It was a triple threat tag match best friends scu and private party mm-hmm. winner of that match was to face another team at all out and the winner of that match at all out will get a first round buy in the uh, tag team title tournament it's pretty convoluted i guess uh, my understanding i read somewhere that the first version of that graphic uh okay so here's what it says this is i don't know which one this is Winners advance to All Out for an opportunity at a first-round bye in the new, in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. That doesn't sound too confusing. No, but it seems like it's a weird step. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have to win this match, then win another match to get the bye. Okay, yeah. I wonder if this was if this is the original wording. I don't know. Or if the, this is it fixed. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, apparently uh, I read that uh, All Elite wasn't happy about the the graphic getting out there at first. But it is what it is. I wonder if it was. Yeah, I was even. I was unclear as to because according to Sean Ross Sapp, if I remember, it was him. He said something like they weren't unhappy with the wording, nor the 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 grammar or something. And but they were upset about something. I think it just got out there, maybe before like that fight did it before they did it or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's a little convoluted just having to go through that many steps just to get a buy, but it's, it's, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, for sure it should be winner gets a buy in the, in the tag team tournament. You think that that match would get that. Yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. But like say Best Friends wins that. No, they're not going to win because uh, Dark Order is going to interfere probably. Say Private Party wins that. That'd be cool. Um, they get a face, I don't know, Young Bucks or something like that. Winner of that match gets the first round buy. Winner of that match, so it's like, yeah. Okay, well, whatever. You think it'd be the easier route would just be have have a match, and the winner of that match gets the first round by. Yeah, because you can have that match without the stipulation, and just whoever wins that match just booking the match against whoever else, and then winner of that match. I mean, look, man. By. Here's the thing, and I know Raptor says it's all in jest and everything, but like the bottom line is, it's a new company. Mm-hmm. There, there's going to be mishaps along the way. Mm-hmm. There's, they've got a lot of stuff to do, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, it's, they're not going to be perfect. No. You know, I mean, I don't know. They might air their first episode on TNT and a freaking Google search engine will come up and then it'll go down really quick. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? But there's going to be problems. Could uh, be bumps in the road. And it's okay. And if WWE keeps on, if their ratings keep on going into the trash, they, this might be shocking. 
<laughs> this Aldi thing might be shocking. It really, 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 could be. really could be. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Uh, next, Andy Nero. Hey, friendos. Nero here with a match question. And this week it is regarding politics. Um, basically, I'd like you guys to debate and discuss who will be regarded as the bigger politic guy when all is said and done. Who would have held on to their spot the longest when they certainly don't deserve it? Hulk Hogan, the obvious answer, or Vince McMahon? Too sweet. Hi, handshake. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Andy Nero. Thank you, Andy Nero. So, not really sure exactly what's politicking Vince McMahon. Let's approach it this way. So, uh, Hogan is an infamous uh, politicker backstage, lobbying for himself to keep his position, regardless of company, um, or even to uh, upgrade his position. Yeah. Um, obviously, Vince doesn't have to do that. He owns a company. Yeah, sure. However, and I don't know if there's any evidence of this, but for the sake of discussion, uh, has Vince ever flexed his uh, business muscle um, to uh, give himself an advantage um, by uh, politicking politicians? Has uh, he ever done any either directly or somebody on his behalf lobbied politicians um, for his own advantage. Well, so for example, there was the stuff in uh, on uh, was the Canadian was the TSN, the Canadian Broadcast Network that mm-hmm. carried Raw back in the day, mm-hmm. um, where he had to reg- Bruce Pritchard mentioned this on his podcast. He had to regularly go into these meetings with TSN and either defend his product because their point of view was your show runs. Like basically in the in the late afternoon, it was like at four thirty or something. Yeah, it was yeah, like, so yeah, yeah. kids are more exposed to it, and uh, and so Vince constantly had to politic to keep his show on the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, and censor free, which I think eventually they just started censoring it or something like that. Yeah, they had to edit parts out. Yeah, they had to talk edit about stuff. Because I was wondering if at some point he had to politic, like the New York State Athletic Commission, um, to like get. I thought pro wrestling was regulated like boxing for a mm. while. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't me. think it is anymore. I could yeah. be wrong about that. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me also if there was maybe at the local level some amount of politicking when it came to him basically putting all those territories. Yeah, out I'm sure of there would have to be. A lot of money and a lot of politicking. That wouldn't surprise I'm me. I'm sure you, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a lot of playing one territory off the other and. That kind of stuff. Well, you know, by and large, what he was doing is just poaching people. Poaching talent. And then poaching talent, once yeah. Once the territory wasn't worth anything, swooping in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it it does seem like this 73-year-old man has seen a lot in his day and had to do a lot to get his business to the point where he's cutting $500 million deals. Yep. Um, that being said, Hogan is like one of the, the, the most prolific politickers of... Our generation. It's. I mean, you'd agree, right? It's Hogan and Triple H, right? I think Hogan's in a class of his own, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think it's that? You think it's yeah. Hogan and everybody else? Yeah. Because I kind of feel like it's Hogan one, Triple H two, and then everybody else. I think that those two. Well, I think there's Hogan. Yeah. Triple H. Yeah. Well, Hogan, 
Triple H. Yeah. Maybe the click. Michaels. He did some he does fair share of politicking. And then a pretty huge gap and then maybe everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. But Triple H, man, he went through that freaking that whole big ass run. And to this day, he's literally running the company. Like how he long, politicked his way into marrying the bosses. How long was his reign of terror? Three years? I don't know. I mean, I guess what was it, like 2000, 2003? Is that what it's considered? I think, I think officially, yeah, that? maybe a little bit later. Say, let's say, be generous, five years. Okay, yeah. I mean, that doesn't even account for all of Hogan to run a WWE, WBF, his first one. Or even his entire time at WC, WCW. Oh, I wouldn't. No, dude, you're getting me wrong. I would not stack Triple H up against Hulk Hogan. Mm-mm. No, I, I understand that. But in terms of like, b- besides those two names... Like, those are the two most prominent. Yeah, Hogan's way at the top. Yeah. Totally understood that. That dude left for like a year, came back, trim, and just took the belt off of Brett. Like, he won conversation with Vince, and he, like, after he retired at WrestleMania 8, WrestleMania 9, he breezes in and has the title. So don't get me wrong. Hogan is definitely, like, top dog. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying... Triple H is a distinct number two. Yeah, probably. And I don't think there's anybody close. I mean, yeah, you can say Shawn Michaels and the click or whatever, but Triple H took that to a whole nother level. Triple H had the moxie to go into Vince's office and try to convince him to put to have him main event WrestleMania 15, not The Rock. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and he was probably almost successful too. I don't know. So I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying like, yes, Hogan's definitely number one and he's yeah, never yeah. going to be number two. The only, I think the only argument is to be had is the gap between one and two. <laughs> or, or two and the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think Hogan is, yeah. Oh man. Like people could dream to be that yeah. level of a politicker. Yeah. Hogan ruined a lot of careers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on his politicking. Uh, next question from Renegade Soul. Hey friendos, Renegade Soul here. No catchy moniker this week. Um, just a quick question for you. By the time that you see this, I will be heading over to Stomping Grounds with my best friend in the world to her first WWE show. So my question to you is, what would be your advice to first-time WWE goers? Now, to be fair, she's been to an NXT show when they came around two years ago, but to my knowledge, never a WWE show. So question directed for her is what would be some advice that you would give for enjoying the show, what to expect going into it, etc., etc. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Rock on. Peace out. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Renegade Soul. Thank you, Renegade Soul. So, Larson, give us some, give the people um, some advice. Since this could be a pay-per-view, uh, that changes things a little bit. Uh, if you go to a TV taping, number one uh, thing I would advise is to be patient um, because proceedings are going to start and stop a lot. You'll have an entrance and you'll pop for somebody when they come out. You'll be really excited. Oh, their match about to happen. Guess what? Commercial break. Yeah. You got to sit around for a little bit. Yeah. That doesn't happen on pay-per-views. Um, so you get a more consistent flow of the action. Um, that being said, um, here's here's the thing. Uh, uh, just don't be a distraction. Oh, my God, yeah. That's, just yeah. don't be a distraction. Don't try to make the show about yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, it's a pretty chill time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it shouldn't be. It should be like frenzy. You're excited. But it's WWE now. So yeah. it's pretty chill. Yeah, enthusiasm level is pretty moderate at best. Yeah. 
Um, so soak it in. Soak in the details that you don't typically get to see. Yeah. You know, like all the little stuff that happens around the ring, people running around doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soak all that stuff in. Uh, yeah, depending on where your seats are, too. If you're closer to the action um, and you get an opportunity to uh, interact with superstars respectfully, um, take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. um, because uh, someone like Kevin Owens is really good at responding back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, so if you're close enough where you can actually interact with the, the superstars on a more direct level, then, yeah, definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. But just don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Don't try to grab anybody after they suicide dive. Oh, I'm looking at you, chunky guy from AAA. Anyways, uh, Luis Ariza sent in a – is this a text question? It is a text question. All right, it's a text question. And he asks, what's the worst finisher of the current era – oh, of any company? Oh, that might change things. Any company. He says, uh, I love Cesaro, but his gotch neutralizer doesn't look effective at all. Yeah. Any company. Are you going to say Rainmaker? <laughs> no, I love Rainmaker. It's great. I do think it's a bit on the silly side. And it's not the most convincing looking move in the world. But it's very powerful. It is. It's booked powerful. I appreciate that, matters. that kind of stuff. No, I'm actually good with my, no, I'm with my right. answer. I'm good with that. I'm going to say the skull crushing finale. Not that I mind the move. It's just booked so damn weak. What's the last time he, he won a match... With just a skull crushing finale. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Far too often people kick out of it. He has to like do it on a chair or something like that. Kind of similar to that. I'm gonna go with the six one nine. It doesn't have the stank it used to. That's not really what he uses as finisher anymore though. What does he use as finisher? He does that and follows it up with like a top rope frog splash. Type oh, deal. that's right. Historically it was his finish. Yeah. He well, broke Cody Rhodes' orbital bone with the six one nine. Well, what's the deal with that? Why was it good enough to be a finisher back then? And now it's like, Times change, man. People reverse that shit all the time. Yeah. That finisher has dropped off a cliff. Kind of. 619. I really wish Joe would go back to using the muscle buster. I understand it hurts somebody mm-hmm. really bad. And for that reason, I understand why it's not used. But it's a cool move. It's no. a cool move. In a bubble, it's a cool move. What's a lame... What You know, give it like... Within the context of everybody else's finishing moves in his class... Of the elite. Mm-hmm. Crossroads is kind of lame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a one-winged angel or a Meltzer driver or whatever. Well, the, what those, the, what, what Young Bucks use for their finishes? Yeah, it's Meltzer driver. Have, do, they, do they actually finish people that Yeah, long? that's how they won. That's how they beat Lucha Brothers. Double or nothing? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I know. It's it's like, you know. It's it, a standard WWE move. Yeah. Yeah. But like it was special. used really effectively in his match against Dustin. Yeah. Because every high-impact Move that's supposed to be high impact was high impact. In that. I think didn't Vince kick out of at least one crossroads? Tri- yeah, oh, Triple man. H kicked out of a couple. Oh yeah, I'm sure. That would be people kicked out of a bunch. Oh yeah, yeah we book Ross probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Howdy, Howdy yeah. Doodly has a question. Howdy Doodly champ. Yes. The last question. You can go ahead and read this. And say, um, this says this week's question com- comes from the fish and broccoli monster Marcus Harrison. Oh no, Marcus. He found a way to wiggle into the match hat questions. Oh, dang it. What wrestling related question would you ask each other to prove you're not a doppelganger? So the situation is this an alien has a, it's like a body snatcher type situation. Well, it's more like a shape shifting situation. Right. Changeling uh, shows up and it's all. We don't see that part of it, though. Right, exactly. If we saw so, the polymorph polymorph, we'd know it'd be a polymorph. Unless they did the switcheroo, like they did in Star Trek. All right. Uh, in, like, many episodes of Star Trek. So, like, I'm sitting here. 
in the morning, you walk in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... And I'm walking a little more rigid than normal, something like that. Well, yeah, maybe. There's a tell. There's got to be a, a, a mild, modest tell. So just listen to me. All right. You walk in, you sit down, you're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good, man. How's it and going, And then Steve? another Steve walks in. Oh, wow. So this is this scenario where there's oh, okay, two gotcha, Steves, gotcha, okay? Gotcha. And I'm like, whoa. And you're like, whoa. I got I to gotta decide. Even this guy's like, whoa. I got to decide who, who the real one is. All right, exactly. Who's the real, real one? one? Yeah. Who's the real one? So I'll look at Steve, another Steve, and I'll say, Steve's, yeah. tell me, yeah. who was your guy during the Attitude Era. Or no, I thought you would say the oh, question. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. You know about, I know about yes, you. Yes, you don't know about me, so I'd say, Steve's, what NBA player told us mm-hmm. at a Sacramento Kings game that they were for life? And the real Steve would say, Corliss Williams. Yes. Exactly. And the wrong Steve would go, and go, Animal Michael Smith. Yeah. Yeah. No, he'd slither away into the vent over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Disperse into the air. Right. So similarly, uh, if I'm back there for a live stream and then Larson comes and you're, in. you're flanked by two Larsons. Yeah. Uh, I would say, Larson, who was my guy during the Attitude Era? And fake Larson would say, Val Venus. <laughs> and I, of course, would say Triple H because I know that's the right answer. <laughs> exactly. So that's proving I'm the real one. real one. <laughs> exactly. Bada boom. Oh, man. Anyway, that's it for Matt Chat. Thanks, everybody, yes. for your questions. We appreciate it. If you want to be involved in Matt Chat, Go to patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. It's a lot of fun. It's like my favorite show. That freaking, what was his name? The something Free Chan? Oh, Free Chan 64. Oh my God. That killed me. Anyways, thanks so much for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.